0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. Did the prime minister do what he had to do to begin to put the SSC Lavalin scandal behind him? This morning, he spoke to the nation from the National Press Theater. It was a day after his principal secretary, sorry, his former principal secretary testified before the justice committee. Gerald Butts delivered a very different version of events from Jody Wilson-Raybould, but I think he struck the right tone. Then we heard that Trudeau was going to make some kind of statement of contrition, whatever that is. Anyway, here is how he responded to a direct question about whether he was apologizing.
0: Um I will be making an Inuit apology this afternoon, but in regards to uh, and in regards to standing in regards to standing up for jobs and defending the integrity of our, our rule of law, um, I continue to say that there was no inappropriate pressure
1: Well, I watched the video of that, and he literally had his backup. So where does that leave his government? And more important, where does it leave you, the voters? The numbers to call 416 740 toll free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, we go to Melissa Lansman, a VP of Public Affairs at Hill and Knowlton Strategies, former press secretary to Doug Ford, and Patrick Gossage, the chairman of media profile, liberal commentator, and former press secretary to Pierre Trudeau. Welcome to you both. Hello. 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 How are you? Fine, Patrick. Patrick, we are, are coming back to you after yesterday, and not just yesterday. You've been saying that the prime minister had to apologize. What do you think of what he said? Hello? Hello. Are you got me? Yes, we've got you. Go ahead. Uh, There's some kind of problem. Uh, We will get back to you, Patrick. Uh, Melissa, what do you make of what the Prime Minister said?
2: Well, after, um, you said it yourself uh, earlier, he said that he would maybe come out and apologize, or at least people in his office maybe floated that idea. And I was under the impression that the PM would do the smart thing and try to put an end to the story, uh, especially ahead of uh, of a very big budget that they have coming out. And I thought that press conference was appalling. Um, I don't understand how anybody thought or, or what they thought that might achieve, but it certainly didn't
1: achieve putting the story behind us. Do you think that it it made things worse or put a per, uh, perspective on it? I do think it made things worse.
2: I think it was um, unapologetic, almost bordering on, uh, on arrogance. Um, and I thought that it, again, blamed um, Judy Wilson-Raybould for... Um, you know, for not coming forward after confirming that, in fact, she came forward. So it's it, a bit unconvincing. And from a crisis communications um, standpoint, which is what I do, I think if you're not doing anything to stop the story, you're
1: continuing it. Uh, Patrick, I think we have cleaned yeah, up uh, the crisis on your line. So how did you view what he said this well, morning? I mean, I think, you know, we're going to
0: disagree on this whole business of who's credible and whether... You know, and I've been saying from the beginning, I think that she has a very big edge on credibility just because of who she is, her background, and the way she presented herself. I think that credibility uh, after Butts and Trudeau is showing a few signs of weakening. And for me, who worked in the PMO, uh, the fact that, you know, she never reached out to Butts or Trudeau with her, you know, growing unhappiness is really. Totally unexplainable. You know, I worked with Jim Coots. He talked to cabinet ministers all the time. There was no cabinet minister with a grudge or a grump, or who it's grumpy, that didn't reach out to the principal secretary and tell him. I find it unbelievable that she didn't reach out, frankly. And she, and you know, Butts claims to be a very good friend of hers that, you know, they had dinner together and everything. Why didn't she reach out? You know, or, so I don't know. I mean, there's something wrong there, that's for sure. And Trudeau confirmed that you know, he regretted greatly that, you know, she didn't tell him. And, and he thought all along, and he made that very clear that she was open to, uh, you know, to changing her mind or to, you know, at least looking at the prosecution situation in a new way. And, you know, and then, and Butts said much the same thing, that it was only after she'd been demoted that it all became clear that she'd been you know, really pushing back and, and really unhappy with the pressure that she was under. So, you know, I don't know. I think, is this woman a hero or not? I think probably she remains more credible than, than the PMO just because of who she is. But I think over time, there's going to be some questions about her own, uh, view of events. And I think Trudeau's perfectly right that in a domestic dispute, which is just rapidly becoming like, you know, there are different views as to how conversations worked out, you know. I mean, this is really like, oh, she was upset. Why didn't she tell me, you know, and now we're divorced.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, though, you kept saying he needed to apologize and he did not. How do you view that?
0: Well, I think he should have. I think he should have been a bit more regretful. It would have been easier to say, look, I regret what happened. Even a regret would have been better, and I mean, I'm sure he was told to, and I think he's just being a bit pigheaded about that. And as I said before, I think on this show, the hardest thing, and you know, uh, the other guests will know this, the hardest thing to persuade a leader is to apologize or to admit they were wrong. It's almost impossible, and you know, I never succeeded with his father, and I don't know <laughs> whether, whether anybody could succeed with Ford. Who knows? <laughs> it's hard, right?
1: Uh, Melissa, so, so here's the thing that, that it, it just put a whole new, uh, you know, perspective on his personality for me, because with this government, as I said, apologies are us. He's on his way to Icalawit to make another apology, but he apologizes yeah. for things that he was clearly never responsible for, but when it comes to him, he's, he's being Pig-headed, I think, is is the right word. Am I wrong, Melissa? No, I think you've touched on something very important. I think it's easy to apologize for uh, for
2: the country's wrongs in the past or what you deem uh, had been wrong, um, you know, done by by politicians that held your role or held uh, senior roles prior to you but when it comes to apologizing uh, for your own actions it takes a really really big person and I you know I I agree with uh, with with the different storyline being presented and I actually thought that uh, Mr. Butts did a did a did a service to uh, to the liberals with his testimony yesterday but it's still a he said she said yeah. uh, issue and the the point the point of that is is as soon as Jane Philpott that was the next Minister, the Minister of the Treasury Board um, resigned, it became, it was no longer a question of the facts of the SNC file. It became a a crisis of leadership for the Prime Minister. And if I were a wobbly member of the Federal Liberal Caucus who was told this morning that, you know, the the Prime Minister was going to come and put this to bed, I would be deeply disappointed today. And if I'm looking at my. you know my ability to get elected in the next election. I'm I'm questioning whether I should hitch my wagon to uh, to the prime minister. Oh, I'm not. Well, I don't know, Melissa.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's a long time between now and the election, and you know the fact is that that. Uh, you know, we've been saying it's getting more complicated. The story's getting more complicated, not less complicated. And this means it's less accessible to the average voter. And the average voter, I think, is scratching their head. And my wife's so tired of it, she turns the television off. when. And, you know, it's, it's dominated uh, You know what? I'm going so- to
1: interject there, and I'm looking yeah. at our phone lines. I don't think people okay. are tired of it yet. <laughs> no,
0: not yet, but I, I just say they're going to become tired of it.
1: Uh let me ask you one thing the the other thing that struck me and and this is to go to his feminist cred it, is this a gendered man thing because in my experience and I may be wrong it's it's men who are much more reluctant to apologize and to see that they've done anything wrong particularly on some issue like this Melissa
3: Well
2: you know, you can you can make it a a question of uh, of gender. You can make it a question about their uh, their commitment to indigenous services. But at the end of the day, this uh, this is problematic for for the liberal brand. When you put yourself up on a pedestal for the last number of years, saying that these were the most important things to you, uh, you know, and then in one foul swoop, um, it's uh, it, you know you put on. Uh, it, you, you you put in question uh, a credible woman from the indigenous uh, community. This is real brand damage, and that's the problem. And I think assuming that voters won't understand this is really really the wrong tactic. Because there's a number of other issues that are going to come uh, you know come up to uh, to boil before the election, and particularly I don't know if you've talked about this on your show, but the Mark Norman case, which is exactly oh, yeah. this kind of thing. Well, you so know what it we we a have. Pattern.
1: We have not talked about it very much on on this show, and uh, I promise you and my listeners we're going to get to it. It's just, uh, boy, all this this other stuff first. I uh, want to get to our calls, but before that, I just want to bring up one other thing and something that we already knew yesterday, and that is the accounting of why she was bounced from her job as attorney general. And uh, I, I talked to Patrick about. It yesterday, but Melissa, what is your take on that? They're sticking by the story that it's all Scott Bryson's fault, and she was offered indigenous services, and when she turned it down, they couldn't leave her where she was. Like, how do you see that whole? Thing. well i
2: spent uh, I spent about uh ten years in in federal
1: politics and 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 Mr. Butts was
2: right in saying that choosing a cabinet is one of the most difficult things, but they really doubled down uh on on blaming Scott Bryson. They didn't have to move her they could have done any other sort of number of things to uh, uh to make sure uh to make sure that there was that they can they made this a small cabinet shuffle but they chose to do it and it sounds like it was punitive and that's the problem it really lifted the veil on uh on how uh on how cabinet decisions are made which i think was interesting to the to the public but i don't think it uh uh it made this story go away okay well, i
0: mean just quickly uh you know you're melissa you're neglecting what what uh, buts actually said because he said he said he regretted that the post she was offered, which would have seemed to have been a, a logical one, that he didn't know that she wouldn't take it. Um, and, you know, that's that's serious, too, refusing its cabinet post. But she had good reasons too, And he was very regretful about that. So it's not quite as simple as you say. But anyway, there you are.
1: Okay, everybody <laughs> hang on. Let's see what the people out there think. Paul in Woodstock. Hi there. Paul, are you there?
4: Yes, I am, living. Thank you very much for taking my call again. I would just like to comment, what what possible reason would would, would Jody have to fabricate something? I honestly believe she is a woman of great integrity, and she's being disrespected big time. Why would Mr. Trudeau, and I use the term Mr. Trudeau kind of loosely, not allow her to, to put forth all the evidence, only very minimal from what I understand? Like, if he has nothing to hide... Why not put all your cards on the table? As far as I'm concerned, they're muzzling her as much as they possibly can. And as far as moving her from sh- where she was, he didn't like what she was doing. She wouldn't listen to what he told her. And what not you say? Revisit that. Well, wait a minute. She's already spent a great deal of time going over this. She knows it's a contentious issue. Why would she have to re- revisit this? I'm, I, I'm sure she had a lot of sleepless nights dissecting everything and going over it. And, and and why this deferred prosecution? If I do something, I have to pay the penalty. It's almost like uh, the cost of doing business. Okay, we'll pay a fine, we'll get a slap on the wrist, but we're going to make a huge amount of money doing this. Cost of doing business. No. You break the law, you pay the consequences. You can't pay the consequences, don't break the law. It's that simple.
1: Okay, Paul, thanks for that. Uh, Mike in Guelph.
4: Yeah, Hi. Hi. I'd just like to comment, uh,
5: just a little word. To, I, I agree with your last caller. Uh, to Patrick, we are tired of it. Canadians are tired of it. And this is why Canadians can't wait to elect a new PM. Uh, my feeling is he shouldn't resign. Trudeau shouldn't resign. Mike, did you
1: ever vote Liberal, Mike?
5: I have, actually, and I will not vote for this uh, Liberal government coming did, did you in. You coming vote for,
1: did you vote them in the last time? I'm sorry? Did you vote them in the last time? Uh, No okay uh, i have
5: voted liberal okay and, uh, so my feeling is he shouldn't resign and my reason for that is because more disappointment is guaranteed on the way courtesy of the trudeau liberal government okay and as usual as usual he doesn't take ownership i mean we, we we should remind ourselves about uh jody's uh testimony she reminded us that uh or actually, he reminded her that uh, there was an upcoming election, and he's an MP in Quebec. So that in itself tells me that he's trying to manipulate her decision.
6: Okay, There's nothing Ma- else you can say about that.
1: Okay, Mike, thanks for that. Uh, we're going to go to Harold in uh, Kitchener. Hello, Harold.
6: Hey, I've got a two-minute little paragraph to read you.
1: Two minutes is kind of long. Okay, <laughs> Shorten it up,
6: please. Okay, one minute. I'll make it fast. Uh, Trudeau's friends had the, the the best name for his BS that he tried to uh, justify. It. But the uh, the comedy and the committee was made up five uh, liberals and four opposition. They voted twice. Of course, it was turned down. They should vote to get Butt back onto the system again. And it would have been five, four. Jody Wilson had nothing to gain to tell a lie. According to, but it was lies. And according to one of your guys, I don't think they're friends anymore. Except for Indian Affairs and uh, uh, military uh, uh, portfolio. The Indian Affairs has been screwed up for years. And the military got screwed up as soon as Trudeau got in, and all the wounded warriors are having a hell of a time.
1: Okay, Harold, thanks for that. Let's, uh, Diane in Toronto. Hi, Diane. Are you there, Diane? I guess not. Okay. Hi, Libby. Oh, you're back. Okay. (laughs) You're on the air. Go ahead. Okay. No, I listened to that, whatever it was. But
3: all I have to say is that, you know, he continues to lie. He continues to insult our intelligence and he continues to show his ignorance of the situation. For example, today, uh, he was asked after she made her decision, why did you keep asking her and talking to her about it and so on and so on? He said, well, he says, we can continue to review this until the time of trial. We can talk about it and whatever, whatever. That part is true, but the thing is, You don't review it unless there's more evidence to review. And there was never any more evidence given to her to review or change her opinion. And he doesn't even know that. I I, I am just so upset with this man. I I wish he would just get off the airwaves and whatever. But he's not making the situation any better. He continues along the same vein. He needs
1: to go. Okay, Diane, thanks for that. Okay. Calling in Toronto? Yes. Yes, you're on the air today. Fine, go ahead. Yes, I'd like to
5: continue on what I was uh, talking about yesterday. Um, What Trudeau was doing, he's sweeping the whole thing under the rug as some big misunderstanding. Um, He's separating himself from the whole affair. What has to be done? He has to appear in front of this committee and be asked, did he direct anybody? To pressure Jody to back off on prosecuting SNC. If this doesn't happen, the whole thing is a farce. This has to be done. He's separating himself from everybody. He has to be brought in front of this uh, whole committee and ask this question, did he pressure anybody to uh, talk to her about backing off the company.
1: Okay, Colin, thanks for that. Uh, We're uh, just about running out of time on this, Uh, people. If we didn't get to your call on SNC-Lavalin, remember, uh, Free For All Friday is coming up tomorrow. Uh, Right now, let's go back to our panel. Melissa, what would you like to leave us with on this? Well, I think, you know, if it was...
2: At the end of the day, the uh, the liberals are going to ask him, "Was it worth it? Was it worth it to protect uh, SNC?" And I think the answer is going to be no. I think that the story is absolutely not dead, and it's not going to be dead until we hear from Judy Wilson Lit again, until we actually hear from the Prime Minister in a committee setting again, where he can
1: be asked questions by the opposition, because uh, it's it's not over. This didn't cauterize the wound. And and Patrick, do you think uh, it will go away soon? No, I, no, I, I agree with Melissa. I mean, this is this has got legs. But you know, I,
0: I'll just repeat what I said before. As it gets more complicated, and as it dominates the airwaves as a kind of a, a scandal that isn't that isn't really a scandal. It's not a scandal. It's really, it's, it's Melissa's right. What it really is is a is a it's a it's a descending, as you'd say in French. It's a it's a reduction of Trudeau's image, a big reduction in his positive image. And you know, until he can rebuild that image, uh, you know, I think you know Melissa's got a point. It's going to be very, it's going to be very serious for for liberals across the country, and um, it's it's only Trudeau can rebuild his image, and he hasn't done it yet. So there you are. Maybe he'll do it in the next weeks. Who knows? She's coming to, he's coming to celebrate. Women's Day in Toronto on Friday. Maybe that'll help.
1: We'll see. Okay, we'll see. Thank you both so much, Melissa Lansman, VP Public Affairs at Hill & Knowlton Strategies, and Patrick Gossage, Chairman of Media Profile. Thanks so much. Okay, nice to meet you, Melissa. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.